four out of ten would buy on sale the least downloaded podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here. I'm Josh. Josh Face. And I'm here with special guest Daniel, yep. who is pretty much a co-host, but will refuse to accept it. Absolutely. And actual special guest uh, Rowan. I think I, I don't know if I qualify as special, but you know I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the consequence of death in video games, but before we're going to get to that, um, I wanted to tell a little story of what I've been doing over the week. Okay, great. Um, Daniel, you know I went and saw Beans on Toast this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> Beans on Toast, a drunken folk artist. Brilliant. Um, Who I have failed to see <laughs> three times now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the times. There was uh, one time where he was supporting Frank Turner. That was in Plymouth. I went and saw him there. Uh-huh. And then the second was at uh, Eden. I think that was when he was playing with Tim Minchin. It was like on a different oh. stage. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was great. Um, third was when it was at Holly Fair, which I was doing sound for. Mm. And then the fourth, most recently, was at Truro at the old bakery studios. And that was, it was great. It was really lovely. But I got asked to do sound at that venue the very next day. Oh, right. Yeah, which is something I've done before. But to my knowledge, it was it was just a gig. I was like, turning up to do do sound for like a show, mm. and so like I turned up and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what's the band? And they were like, oh, it's not a band. It's cabaret burlesque. And I was like, Ooh. okay, all right, wow. yeah. Um, so I I don't really know. Like I didn't know quite what to what to do because it's not like live music as such. It was more a case of like uh, they gave me like an iPad. And it had uh, backing tracks already put on it. And I just kind of, my job was to make sure that they all went and stopped at exactly the right time. Okay, right. It was kind of like, I mean, have you guys been in a play before? I know, Daniel, yeah. you probably have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I did, I've done the sound for a Oh, a yeah. So you know before. that. Yeah. You know that it's feeling. Essentially, yeah, queuing. And, yeah. yeah. So you know that there is a lot of responsibility there. <laughs> and we had a, like one dress run which was i'm exceedingly thankful for because i was able to like write down exactly when and what times and what the cues were mm. or it's like uh let's heat things up a bit and then i had to like press the button you know so i'd write down what it was that they were saying mm. so i knew exactly when to press the button and then there was it was the finale that i messed up on so it, because it was all on an ipad uh-huh. they they didn't put it onto airplane mode so a notification came up and I was like, no, 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 no. I tried to swipe it away, swiped away the whole thing. <laughs> it cuts to silence mid-song. No. And I am like, no. And they're like, oh, Mr. Soundman. You know, they incorporate it into... These guys are professionals. Oh, they, oh, I know. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. Improv like, classes will do that for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they were so pro about it. But meanwhile, in like... How, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't very long. But in the moment, I felt like it was like, you know, full minutes had passed, but I had to like bring it back up, press play, zoom it back along to exactly where we were before. Mm. And I couldn't quite tell. So it turns out I was like a minute behind where we actually were, but it was just like a refrain that was going on over and over, like, baby, we're the best. Mm. But like that was just happening over and over and over. 
So I felt like I had messed up the entire show, but what they did is they got the crowd involved. They, these guys were so pro and so professional, but I came up to them afterwards and I was like, I'm so sorry. Mm. I've messed this up for you. And they were like, don't worry about it. It's fine. But yeah, God, it was, it was incredibly, incredibly stressful. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing this week, this weekend. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Quite a long story. I've already taken up four minutes of our time. Yeah, no, that's great. Love that. Why but not? How is everyone else? Rowan, you've been in Vienna. Yes, I've recently returned for a week from Austria. Did you sing that song by the... Um, Eurythmics, it, I think. What? What? No, it's like the Human League, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Which one? Oh, yes. Oh, no. Vienna. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't, unfortunately. But oh, I will. Missed opportunity. I will when I'm back, maybe. You got hey. back. Be, yeah. Um, so what are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm doing a year abroad oh, at nice. university. So I'm there until summer. Uh-huh. Yeah, living between two countries, which is wow. interesting. But are you doing it with, um, what's that? What's that a scheme called? The Erasmus. Erasmus. Yeah. How's yeah. that going to work out with Brexit? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Nobody Did, knows. I know. I bet they're all in like panic mode. Yeah. I, well, I would assume that since I've already signed up for it, I would be allowed to stay. Mm. <laughs> but it's whether or not, because, you know, I wouldn't technically have any right to be there. Yeah. Well, after. I mean... The status of EU nationals is a big talking point in the negotiations. Yeah. Sorry, um, I know this is a video game podcast. <laughs> uh, shouldn't really. But, you know, Brexit permeates its way into everything. This is it certainly it. There are Brexit video games. No. Really? Yeah. What? Well, that's a separate... I could go on into that. Please touch right. upon them, please. I can't remember what it's called. Okay. But there's like a... I think it's like a point-and-click adventure type thing. Yeah. Um, popped up on Steam a while ago, which ah, is meant ah. to be about, like, post-Brexit Britain. And obviously it's it's awful. Like, yeah. it's a dystopian, like... Yeah. Um, so you, like, go to the pub and whatever. I don't know that much about it. I've only seen it on... Aren't, aren't the Fallout um, games based on post-production? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. If you go down that yeah that line, then, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I wish I could remember what it was called. Okay. Um, but I can't, so we'll have to... We might have to have another addendum. Too. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Is there, like, culture shock? Yeah. What was the biggest culture shock? Weirdly, I would say the biggest culture shock for me, have been the little things, if yeah. that makes sense. I I can only imagine. Just the fact that, like, th- there's not the same things available in the supermarket. Yeah. Um, people do things differently. It's the, the like very etiquette. small... Yeah, et- very small etiquette things. Like, nobody, no one, except the most rebellious of citizens, will cross the road when the man is red on the light. Okay. Um, that's like a big yeah. no-no. I find that's, like, different if you go up north as well. Because yeah. it's just people down here in Cornwall. We'll just yeah. cross wherever for some heck. For some reason, we're all really impatient. <laughs> we are. The, the slowest pace county, <laughs> mm. and we can't we d- wait. I don't have time for that little yeah. green man to appear. <laughs> Call out that little green man at <laughs> the crossings. You're yeah. cancelled, mate. Your days are numbered. <laughs> Just get rid of him. Every every man for themselves, that's what it should be. You, you cross, you take your chances. The other question is, what have we been playing recently? What have you been playing, Daniel? Oh, man, I've been um, dirt poor this past month. But you downloaded the Pokemon demo. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. Yeah. I can't really work it out, is the problem. Like, A I lot thought of people that, can't. I thought there would be some sort of, like, really rock-solid sort of mechanic to do with the throwing. Yeah. I cannot for the life of me work out what it is. 
uh, as far as I can tell, it just seems completely random, you know? There's, like, it shows you in the tutorial the specific motion they want you to do when you're throwing, and I try it, and sometimes it fails, and sometimes it doesn't, and I thought, okay, that's a bit weird. Maybe there's, like, some RNG to it? And then I sort of, like, tried to figure out if, like, the strength of throwing or which direction I throw it. Like, can I throw it left or right? So I started, like, just waving my arms about like a madman. And you try and, it like a discus? Yeah, well, yeah, sort of, just like... I mean, I showed you when you came over. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty, pretty random flailing, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> and the game just, like, didn't know what was going on. Sometimes it did it, sometimes it didn't. Mm. But then again, I think the point is that it's a baby game for babies. And yeah. they're like, babies don't know what, what's going on, do they? Yeah. And neither do I. So, <laughs> yeah. Rowan, you've been playing some uh, Zelda yeah, I've... Oh, nice. Well, I, I bought Breath of the Wild before Christmas 2017. Oh, damn. And I have not finished it yet. My I've had a lot of long train journeys and flights and things, so I've been sort of on this final push to, to try, try and, and sort of polish mm. it off. And it's a fantastic game. Yeah. Where, where are you up to? Um, I've defeated three of the four... Nice. ...Guardian things. Mm. Um, so Beast. Yeah, that's the one. And I'm just sort of trying to, yeah, polish things up. But the problem with that game is that, you know, you can say, oh, you know, I'm going to go go to here. I don't like using fast travel in games. I like to what? see the world. So Come I'll on. be like, oh, yeah, I'll they're... travel from one side to the other. And there are so many things to distract you on the way. Mm. Yeah, you just never a dull moment. Yeah, you just, it, it's fantastic. It's such a well-designed game, but it takes me so long to play. Because I'm just like, oh, I'll just go here. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, that thing can wait. And then it's four hours down this sort of track or whatever, doing whatever I'm doing. And mm. then you sort of, you set goals in that game, or at least I do. And then, <laughs> and then and you never get around yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the game of life. <laughs> yeah, it's like building a shed, the, the <laughs> game. But yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic game. <laughs> so your final yeah. review? <laughs> Breath of the oh, Wild is like... No, no. Arguably one of the greatest <laughs> games of all time. It's like building a shed that you never quite finish. Yeah, yeah. but in the best way possible. <laughs> it's like a really well-made shed, though. Yeah, it's, it's a designed. fantastically beautiful shed that always <laughs> amazes me. The problem, I just don't have enough time to, mm. sit, to sink into these games. And I'm finding that a lot recently. Yeah. Like I've been, I recently bought Dark Souls Remastered on, oh, on the Switch. You nice. made you made that that leap. Yeah, um, yeah. Because being well, I don't have any sort of other consoles with me out in Austria, and yeah. I need my Dark Souls fix. Oh, so of course. I bought yeah. it, and um, but again, I just I just don't have the time to sit there for hours. So I've not made a lot. Yeah, it's of like progress. a sixty-hour game. Yeah. I've not even finished it on the PC, which yeah. I bought that like three years ago. That was that was a conversation we were having a while ago. I remember yeah. you were paying through the that version on the PC. Yeah. It's awful, yeah. isn't it? It's a terrible, terrible port. Yeah. Oh, the PC port, yeah. 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 You like have to download DS a mod to yeah. You have to have... Now. Speaking of like going through Dark Souls many times, I've I've set myself the, the goal of trying to go through... <laughs> See, I've gone through Dark Souls... One on the Xbox 360 with no DLC, mm. and then I went through two with no DLC. Then I went through three with no DLC, and then I went through one on PC with the DLC, and then I went through two on PC with the DLC. And I've just bought the DLC for Dark Souls Three, and I really I can't get I can't wait to get around to that, which is great. I've recently been playing Tetris Ninety Nine came out oh, for the I've Switch. I've heard a lot about that. Yeah, yeah it's not great. Okay, um, no, hold up, what? I don't think it's very good. I think it feels far too random. And 
that's not because it just because it's Tetris. Tetris has some sense of like randomness to it, but it's far too random as to how well you do. I feel like mm-hmm. I can either play for four minutes or I can be playing that the same round for like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. And I can play the exact same way but get screwed over at any time. Um and it's because of the battle royale like element to it. It's it's a it's a lot, a lot like that in Fortnite as well, where you can either be playing, you can you know drop down, land, immediately get shotgun to the face. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you can you know go right up to the final third and then get shotgunned in the face. Mm. But either way, you get shotgun shotgunned in the face. Yeah. I agree with Fortnite, but I think it, that problem doesn't really happen as much with Tetris. I agree that when you're playing it initially, it does feel very random. Yeah. But I don't think that's a problem with the actual gameplay itself. I think that's a problem with how it presents itself. Yeah. In that it doesn't tell you anything. No, there's, there's no, no tutorial. tutorial. It doesn't even tell you the buttons. No. You know? I didn't even know you could, like, fast drop things. Yeah, I found that out my fourth game. Exactly. Unbelievable. And this stuff with targeting is yeah, very... I, no idea how that works. Yeah. So, for example, did you know you can use the touchscreen in order what? to pick people? You know, there's what? like it shows you left and right. Yeah. You can select... You can like point up... You can, you can, yeah, instead of moving around the cursor with you the joystick... You can press on... You can certain... press on specific ones. What the hell? I know. Yeah. And also, if you select the attackers... You know, in order oh, yeah. to send junk to that way, it sends multiple pieces of junk, yeah, as opposed to junk to just one, one particular rando, yeah, yeah. It doesn't explain any of its mechanics well, yeah, but I think the mechanics are very solid. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's a nonsense nightmare, and I hate it. <laughs> okay, well, what, so what I've been doing is I've booted up my old GameCube and I've got my original OG Tetris for the wow for the Game Boy. Jesus, and I've put it in my little adapter uh-huh. and I've been playing using my WaveBird. Sat back on my my couch, yeah, and I can I can play some OG Tetris how it was intended to be played. None of this hold bullshit. I know I'm 25, and I'm getting on in years. Yeah, did you, did you play that same Tetris cartridge in the trenches? I sure did. <laughs> I own my Tetris, goddammit. But yeah, I've been loving it, and I recently set a new high score, which I've recently posted on Instagram. Nice. I know, I'm very, very proud of it. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing a hell of a lot of Tetris. But we should get on to our, our main point. We should. Uh, because our main point being the consequences of death in video games and fail states as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Tetris is a really interesting example mm. because Tetris starts as soon as you press start and it ends when you mess up. Mm. No one has to die. There's no life system and it's semi-forgiving. The only way you mess up is kind of like by your own messing up and it only ever ends through user fault. Yeah. And now there's a really, really interesting exception to this in that there was a robot which was taught to play Tetris and it kind of learnt very very uh, slowly that like if you put bricks down very fast then your score went up and it like knew that that was good and it eventually learnt that if pieces get to the very very top that's when it's over and that is bad yeah so what it did it also learnt how to pause the game so I read this did it learn how to love (laughs) what it learnt was far more interesting in that when pieces got very very high and it was about to lose it paused the game so and it didn't unpause it just stayed paused indefinitely Mm -hmm. so at that point the winning move was to not play wow i know just like that (laughs) yeah that film (laughs) with matthew broderick war games 
Oh, oh, that's a fantastic film. The only winning move is not to play. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Global Thermal Nuclear War. Come yeah, on, Yeah, I mean... Mm. I haven't seen that in years. I remember uh, it being on um, around like Christmas time when I was like 10. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I love it. I've it's, seen it a lot of times. Really? It's so need, cheesy, but it's so good. I it need is. to get back into War Games. I just one see of those, it again. It's one of those just 80s cheese films, yeah. which you just like. It's it's like eighties cheese combined with everybody's scared about nuclear war. Yeah, yes. <laughs> which is the best combination. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Tetris is kind of an interesting one because there's no kind of like life system at all. Mm. But maybe we should get onto the the history of lives in video games. Right, it, it all started off with that. the arcades, didn't it? So basically. What it all comes down to is capitalism. Yeah, I was like, going to say. The problem we have right now in, in, in these existential video game questions of what is, a, what is a life and do we need them just comes down to capitalism because they invented the life system so they could get more coins out of people. Absolutely. You know? I remember playing a, a hell of a lot of uh, House of the Dead 4. Right. And then, oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah, God. Uh, but, like, there's one boss battle, it's, and it's in a sewer level as well. Of course. Because, mm. of course, it fucking is. There's a huge, like, monster, and it, like, drop kicks you, and then, like, if it drop kicks you, like, enough times, you're dying, but you have 10 seconds in which you can put in another pound, yeah. and you can have another go, have more lives. Yeah. It's one pound as well in the UK. Yeah, I know. Like, it, it's one pound. And I did it. If you watch, bringing back the 80s again, if you watch those, like you watch Stranger Things and they're at the arcade, yeah. it's only a quarter. Yes, yeah. quarters. That's, that's inflation for you. <laughs> no, yeah, God. Yeah, Let's it... talk about Brexit some more. <laughs> <laughs> what is Brexit going to do for those like, arcade video games? They're probably going to be two pounds. Oh, two pounds? Jesus. For a life? I know. Count me out. Mm, so only <laughs> the winning be, move is to not play again. Yeah. Only, only going to be patriotic games as well. Oh. Yeah, you play as a Spitfire. Yeah, <laughs> be, just be like forty cabinets of like some Battle of Britain game. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we live in the glory days. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say about um, you mentioned the countdown. Mm. It, there's so much psychology to that countdown oh, in an arcade. Yeah, there cabinet. is. Yeah. Because you see that time clicking down and you're like, mm. oh, well, maybe I will. Like, even the most sort of spendthrift person would be there like, well, you know, I don't want to keep playing. Yeah. And it's all geared in like this very psychological way to get you to put in that extra... Yeah. That extra coin. That extra money. Like you say, it is fascinating because 10 seconds is is not a long time. No. But it can feel like a it's long time. Enough. It's well. long enough for you to fumble around exactly. your pocket, with your pocket and find a, a pound coin. Yeah, that's the thing. There was a really... Um, recently, I went to the uh, Namco Arcade in, um, in Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, in the metro centre there. Mm. And they had this really interesting kind of... It was a four-player arcade based on the reboot of Tomb Raider. No so, way. Right. Yeah, and so you played as, like, people who would help Lara Croft, like, along her travels. Uh -huh. So, like, she would, like, duck behind a box and then, like, people would come out with their guns and you had to shoot them. Right. So there was me, my girlfriend, my sister, and her boyfriend. Um, we were all, like, lined up at this four-player thing and I was like, right, I've got, um, I've got some money. This one's on me because it was like supposed to be our last game of like going around that entire arcade. So I load up like all four of them. We all pick up our guns. We all hit start at the same time. All of theirs work. Mine doesn't. My mm. pound has come right back out. So I like put the pound in and like repeat the cycle of put the pound in and comes out, put the pound in and comes out. And I'm like, this doesn't work. And then, you know my sister's boyfriend is like, you can have, you know, you can have my gun, you can have it. And I was like, no, we're supposed to do this together. I run over <laughs> to the change machine while this game is still going. I put in a 20 
Wow. All of this change comes out. I was like, it's all together. You really want to help out Laura Croft, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was this thing of like, and I'm not sure whether that was deliberate, but it got me to like part with my twenty in the end. <laughs> mm. I managed to put in that that pound coin at the very end. But yeah, that was it. Was a really fun game. I really don't like the Lara Croft reboots, but I really liked. Was it difficult? That. Was there like some cheese and some bullshit in order to like mm. catch you out? Because this is something I wanted to talk about. In that, continuing on from that business model of wanting your hard-earned quarters. Yeah, they were usually brutally difficult, weren't they? Yeah. So there are there are two. Yeah, so for House of the Dead 4, that boss battle that I keep talking about, I die at that point every single time. No matter mm. how well I play that, that game, yeah. I would die on that yeah. boss boss fight, mm. no matter how well you did. And the bit with Lara Croft, uh, there was one guy who, like, I was shooting, like, directly in the head, and I can see the, like, little gun explosion thing happening on the screen above his head, but he was not taking any damage. Mm. So I would say, yeah, there were, there were times where I was like, come on, I did that. Mm, yeah. And it, it just w- either wouldn't register or they had insane amounts of health. Specifically with those light shooters, uh, just before we move on, I, I feel like it's a failure of the, the light shoot mechanic itself. Yeah. Because I, I just don't think those can provide the kind of accuracy that you need yeah. in order to pull off the moves the game requires. Yeah. So uh, I remember exactly what you're talking about in those House of the Dead. I haven't played, I haven't played four. You used yeah. to play two a lot because that was the one my local arcade had. Yeah, I played two a lot, but and I don't remember it. Just like every single time I got my ass kicked, you know, and I yeah. used to pump in those. It was 50p at the time. Back yeah. My <laughs> yeah yeah um and it just used to wipe me out every single time but then we got house of the dead 2 for the pc oh yeah you know and i mean on top of obviously me being able to play it more and getting better at it just the accuracy i had with the mouse just yeah. used to just blow through it you know yeah. it's a much much easy easier game than you would think because you have that increased accuracy mm. yeah that's um interesting did you find that because you know, you can't shove a 50p piece into your PC and play it again. <laughs> no, that's <yet>. right. <laughs> Just out of habit. Yeah, and did you find that the game was significantly easier when you can just continue at the point where you would put money in? Well... Uh, no, here's the thing. Um, it didn't just... It wasn't like there wasn't a save systems. It was still okay. true to the arcade spirit. Right, so it would kick you If back. you lost your life, you'd right. go right to the beginning, you know. But um, I think... The difficulty uh, was such with the mouse that it didn't take me many tries mm. to get to the very end. And what a fucking game it was. What an ending. You fight a guy called the Emperor who's just like this giant blue thing with a brain. And like, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, like the notoriously shit acting and writing of those uh, games. Oh, yeah. 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 So Goldman, the big boss, goes, ah, 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 <laughs> ah, prepare to meet your end. And then the Emperor comes out with this big egg thing and he goes i am i'm not kidding i am the future or something <laughs> and then you have to shoot him in his brain oh man what a wow. game what a yeah. game was that the was that the one that was on the dreamcast and things i don't know i didn't two. have a dreamcast because there was one of them that was on the dreamcast i think it was two mm. and then they they have also ported it because the dreamcast had a keyboard Oh, right. oh you yeah. could also get the typing typing of, of the, the dead. dead wow yeah i own typing of the dead yeah Did you? it's a ridiculous idea no, in I which you now. have to type it's on steam no oh yeah, yeah of course it is yeah yeah which but house of the dead is it modeled after i think it's two i, 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 haven't, I haven't played it yet but there are there are dlc expansion packs where there's one that's uh shakespearean and you have to type <laughs> in shakespearean words nice i'm so excited i'm really excited to play it i want to play it around halloween 
Yeah, it's such that'd a ridiculous great. idea. That'd be a great thing to stream. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Stay but, tuned for that. I yeah. mean, theoretically, you could actually use it to learn to type. Yeah. <laughs> you could put a kid in front of it. and. You were talking about the port of it, like, to the PC. Um, yes. Um, my original point was about the difficulty and uh, of those early arcade games. So we went on a massive tangent there. Yeah, we did. But <laughs> just trying to rein it back in. The difficulty of those arcade games in order to win quarters is something that transferred over to home consoles. Mm. If you remember, you think back to the NES. Those yeah. games were brutally difficult. Yeah, games like Ninja Gaiden and yeah. things like that. And it was a hangover of the arcade. Yeah. But on top of that, um, from what I hear, I wasn't alive. I'm just hearing this from the old timers. It was in brutally difficult in order to take you a long time and give you more yeah. value. The illusion yeah. of longevity because in difficulty. I don't know the stats, but I think you know, there's like, it's kilobytes. An NES game is less than a megabyte. You know, They're tiny, not, yeah. Yeah. There's so little that they can actually fit in. Mm. There's no loading screens on a cartridge game. No. Um, or there probably are on some, but most cartridge games that have no loading screens, it's all loaded in at once. Yeah. So you only have the capacity of memory that the console has actually got to put the entire game in. So they have to, there's not actually that much there. Mm. No. So difficulty is the way to extend it. Yeah, for the most part, which sucks because <laughs> a lot of those games are soul crushingly hard and. Mm you know, to the point where they're not even worth playing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, but there is a fine line there. I think there's a fine line to a point, you know, where you're, you're saying, you know, is this worth my time? Is it worth dying this many mm. times mm. And, and, and going on? And I've got to tell you, there are some games where the answer is yes. I think Mario does it pretty well. Actually, you know, I take that back. Mario doesn't do it very well. <laughs> oh, right. Because I remember playing a lot of uh, Super Mario 3. They ported it to the Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. 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 Never beaten it. Really fucking hard. Yeah. Incredibly fucking hard. Too yeah. fucking hard, personally. Um, but there are some games which do it very, very well. Um, and one of those being Dark Souls. And I mm. I love Dark Souls. I know you love Dark Souls as well, Rowan. <sighs> yes. We've, I mean, we've spoken about it earlier, but I play a lot of it and Dark Souls has an incredibly interesting mechanic to its its deaths. The main mechanic is that you have, whenever you kill an enemy, you get souls. And souls are your in-game currency and also how you level up. So to make sure that you have enough souls to either spend on stuff or level up, uh, you have to kill a load of dudes, but as soon as you die, all those dudes come back. And you, to make sure that you can, are able to save those souls and level up, you have to get to the next bonfire. Now, and therein lies the fun mm. of trying to make sure you get to the next bonfire. Yeah, that's the challenge. That is the challenge, and that's where that fine line comes into play. And I think Dark Souls has an incredibly high barrier of, like, getting into it. Yes. It it's t took me about three attempts. Exactly. I played the beginning section, get so far, and they're like, no, this isn't for me. Exactly. You get to the first demon, yeah. usually. And, you're yeah. like, well, and then you're like, well, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. And it's a kind of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> the kind of You have to kind of yes. let it happen. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then you're like, actually, you know what? I'm okay with this. But I think a brilliant bit of design on uh, on the game's part is teasing you with how cool and spectacular the takedowns can be. Oh, my God. Because yes. you start off when you fight that thing, you walk in, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Yeah. But then yeah. you run past its legs, don't you? Yeah, you're, supposed, you're not supposed to fight it. Yeah. Right. And then you think, okay, fuck, God, I'm never going to beat that thing. And then you make your way up 
and through the boss door, yeah. and then you can do your dive mm. off, yeah, you, which you takes off down. like half its health. Yeah. And you think, fuck me, that's cool, I want to do that again. Yeah. You know? And then actually, you continue playing. Yeah. It just gives you a little tease of what's possible. You know? Yeah. Mm. And then what happens is that everyone immediately goes down into the catacombs to the unkillable skeletons. That's it. And then that's where the, the game design fails. Yeah. yeah. I went down a different way. I went down to the ghost place. Oh, yes. Yeah. Got, got my shit. Oh, got my yeah, shit. that shit. Where you're not there. supposed to go there yeah. either. No. Well, why is it there? <laughs> that's the, the interesting design I find with Dark Souls is that the world is open and the world is very, especially in Dark Souls 1, um, it's very tightly designed. Everything's yeah. all sort of interlinked in this really interesting way that fascinates me. Oh, it's absolutely but fascinating, yeah. the way I play Dark Souls is I just end up going in one direction until I get to a point where I can't go any further, and then I'm like, okay, I go back in the other direction until I find somewhere that I can yeah. push through. And you find something that you, you're so like, like, oh, I hadn't seen this before. It's a, it evolves, for me anyway, I, I don't know what it is, it's like with you guys, but it evolves in that way. The difficulty of... Oh, changes the way that I play it. Yeah, and it's supposed to. It's, yeah, it's designed it, it's designed so well. It really is. I fucking love Dark Souls. But another problem I and a lot of other people had is in the expectations of Dark Souls and its difficulty. Mm. You say It gets hyped up a lot. Yeah. You say the intended design, and, and it is the intended design, is to go one way until you hit a, a brick wall. Yeah. I think a problem a lot of people had, including myself, is you initially get to Firelink Shrine. Say you go to the catacombs. Yeah. Or you go down to, I forget where it's called, the ghost place. Yeah. And then you yeah. come up this brick wall, and then you think to yourself, is this somewhere I'm not supposed to go, or do I just need to get good because I've heard Dark Souls is brutally hard, difficult. hard, yeah. And some people, I've heard stories, just brute force it. You know, with yeah. the starter sword. <laughs> They're for hours hacking away thinking, well, Dark Souls is hard, so I've yeah. just got to get good, and they do it, you know? Mm. Or they most likely give up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a problem. I, I think... I, I don't know how to fix it. I'm just here to complain, you know? I'm not really an ideas <laughs> man. I'd say that that kind of gets fixed in Dark Souls 3. I'm not going to talk too much about 2. They changed the mechanics a lot in 2. Oh, yeah, two I've sucks. not played it. Two, 2, they changed the mechanics. 2 is very interesting in the in the topic of uh, death in video games, actually. 2 changes the way that dying works. So in oh. number 1, what, what you can do is you can become from a human being to a hollow, and then your, a lot of your abilities are then decreased. You start off as hollowed, yeah. and then you have to try and become human. But when you become human, you have increased abilities. You're able to find items a little bit better, and you're able to make it so that bonfires give you more Estus. And Estus is what you use to heal yourself. So you're able to heal yourself a little bit more. It like benefits you in many, many ways. Mm. And that's why it's like such an obtainable goal that you really want to like become human. But the bad side is that you, you can be invaded from other players and then they can then kill you. So that's fascinating design in itself. It's a lot like real life in that. Way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you I, were trying to be I human, too but... am on a quest to become human, <laughs> but get dicked over by other people <laughs> all the time. When you die, the only thing you lose is either souls or time. Mm. and sometimes it's a case of both. Yeah, so those when, are the worst. <laughs> yeah, those are the absolute worst, because if you have a whole bunch of souls on you and you die, those souls are, like, accumulated in, like, a puddle somewhere exactly where you died, mm. or near enough to where you died. Yeah. And you can go back and you can get those if you get to that point, but if you don't and you die before you're able to reclaim your souls, 
those souls are then lost. And those souls could have been like 60,000 or 10,000, mm -hmm. something that you could have spent hours and hours accumulating and they could be gone forever. And then that's the point where like your heart sinks and oh, you're like, oh yeah. dear God, do I even keep going with this? Yeah. But you don't lose, you can die however many times and you don't lose health. Your maximum health stays the same. They mm. change that in Dark Souls 2. Mm. When you die you in Dark Souls 2, you become more and more hollowed. So you can be human, you can be hollowed, and you can be like even more hollowed. You just become okay. like more and more skeletal. And your maximum health bar decreases the more you die. And the only way to combat that is by using an item that makes you human. But the worst thing about that is if you run out of those items and you're in like an area where you have to fight a boss and you're dying again and again and again, your health bar can shrink right, right down until it's only a point where like you get hit once you die. Mm. So it kind of bones you over in yeah. that way. Mm. And that system is interesting in that it is so fucked up and so fucking difficult and really, really, really weird. I don't know kind of any game that punishes you so harshly for dying. Yeah, that is... I think that... I kind of think of difficulty as either being, like, difficulty by, like, well-designed difficulty, um, wherein it's difficult, but sort of the mistakes you make or the when you die, it's because of a mistake you've made. Yeah. There's a clear reason why you failed. Yeah. And then there's the cheap difficulty yeah. where it's just, it's just not fair. It's just, yeah. And I feel like that slipping... Dark Souls is, I would say, Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 are the king of well-designed difficulty. I would agree with but that. But that seems to be slipping a bit into the sort of cheap area. Yeah. Because it is just stacking the odds against you. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the point of Dark Souls. The entire tone of the game is that the odds are stacked against you. Yeah. But they did change it in 3, is it? They, did, they changed it back to what it was originally. Yeah, but I in think three. in 3 you still lose some health. But mm. it's not every time. I don't know, to be honest. I think your maximum health does decrease ever so slightly. And then you use an ember? No, I don't remember. I don't remember. think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm not sure. Okay. It was, it's, it's like that in two, but I don't think it's like that. Because if I did three. notice that, I would have stopped playing immediately. <laughs> and, and I've played quite a lot of Dark Souls 3. There are um, curses that can befall you. Um, and you can get cursed. Now, getting cursed means that your maximum health bar decreases, but that's not permanent. Um, oh, you can that's... get out of it. I've not played a huge amount of 3, so... Yeah, 3 is very good. I really mm. enjoy 3. 3 is like one of my favourite games of all time. Love it. So Quite intricate. this concept from Dark Souls, and I don't know if it was the first one to do it, but it's the one that popularised it, isn't it? Is this uh, when you die, you are punished not by losing a life, but by yeah. losing time or losing currency. It was one of the first ones to do it, and it's been quite a popular idea since, uh, not only in uh, like Metroidvania-type games, you know, mm. like Dark Souls. I think Hollow Knight is a similar system uh, in games like that. But yeah. also in more mainstream, sort of like old-school titles, like, as you were saying earlier, Mario. Yeah. In Mario Odyssey, uh, when you die, you lose coins. Yeah. And it takes you back to the last checkpoint, or wherever you were. Yeah. And there are no lives. Even if you go down to zero coins, you still get to keep on playing. Mm. So I think this is a modern trend that they are moving away from the life system maybe they yeah. see it as an, uh, antiquated yeah and no longer necessary yeah 
I don't know whether it's a it's a good thing or a bad thing. I like the idea of having to go back to the last checkpoint. I think that's something that should still be So that's kept. part of what like the Dark Souls approach, isn't it? Is yeah, it you is, go back yeah. to the bonfire. Yeah. See, that's part of the reason why I hated Dark Souls so much. It's why I gave up on the original Dark Souls mm. yeah. at, at the Ornstein fight. Oh, yeah. Because, let me tell you, friends, that is a long fucking trek back from that fucking bonfire. <laughs> it's not a straight line, is it? I've, no. he- I've heard that It's before. awful. <laughs> You've got to go around up and down stairs and there's a million of those silver knights. Yeah. And, yeah, I just thought, wait, it's not the difficulty of the boss itself. It's, it's getting the fact there. that it takes literally about 15 minutes to get to the mm. fucking boss. Yeah. I think that's important with the checkpoints. Um, checkpoints are great. I think you should lose some sort of progress or time when you when you die in a game. You should be put back. But there's a there's a balance in... If you're put back too far, it's like, well, what's the point of me going through all this effort again? Exactly. But if you're put back a little bit, you can sort of recoup in a couple of minutes... Yeah, that's that's sort of I think the sweet spot for it. See, I disagree so strongly. Okay, <laughs> uh, my favorite type of games are the really difficult ones, but they're the really really difficult ones that have an instant respawn. Okay, yeah. well, like I'm talking Super Meat Boy kind Super of Super Meat Boy. Yeah, Celeste. Hotline Miami is one of my favorite games oh, of yeah. all time. And yeah. that is you press a button, you're back in, and yeah. literally spamming is the space bar yeah. as soon as you die you automatically hit space bar and you're yeah. back in it you don't even lose a beat yeah. that's such a fundamental part I think Hotline Miami Miami, if it didn't have that mm-hmm. mechanic would be a much worse game absolutely yeah it's just something about that instant replay mm. that really gets me in the zone you know and if I'm playing Dark Souls and I have to do some like backpacking to get to the challenge again. Yeah. That's just frustrating. I don't think it adds anything to the challenge. I don't think, like, penalties as a whole... What do penalties add to it? Why am I being penalised? Because you did wrong. Game? I failed. failed. At, yeah, I know. I failed at the game. What? So I fail at a game. The console should just self-destruct. That's the ultimate <laughs> no. penalty. <isn't> <laughs> Fuck you. Get good. I don't want that. I'm playing a video game. I fucked up. I know I fucked up. The penalty is I fucked up. I've got to do it again. Like, that's it. <laughs> Like the challenge is in doing it. It's not. Yeah. I want to okay. avoid something. Okay. The, the reward should be the only thing you need. Really, there doesn't have to okay. be the stick. Fuck the stick. <laughs> I just want the carrot. Man. <laughs> just give me the carrot. <laughs> I you see what I'm saying. The stick is an integral part, but I do agree with what you're saying. One of my favorite games is uh, Rayman Origins, right. and Rayman Origins does that um, instant respawn thing mm. really perfectly. What it does is it doesn't take you forever to respawn and you do go back to the original part of the... I think it might be last checkpoint or as you come into a new screen, there are like two different yeah. kind of checkpoint systems. Mm. Um, and there are special challenges where you have to do everything perfectly all at once and those you get a special thing at the very, very end. And that's fantastic in that when you die, it fades to black, swirls back in and then you're back into it. Mm. Now that fade to black and then fading back in that's about two, three seconds, but mm-hmm. it feels way longer. It <laughs> yeah. feels like forever. And I think that waiting as a punishment, that's something interesting as well. Um, there are a couple other games which do it. I think Counter-Strike is one. where, like, If yeah. you die repeatedly, you have to wait longer and longer mm. increments until you can be respawned. Mm. I think it's like that in a couple of Team Fortress games as well. Yeah. And a couple of those kinds of... Yeah, a couple of those rule sets are like that as well. What do you think about waiting as a kind of punishment? 
Yeah, it's bullshit and I hate it. It is bullshit and I absolutely hate it as well. It's a specifically multiplayer thing, I find, for the most part. Mm. Because there's not really any reason, apart from you say about the Rayman thing, I think that's a, a good sort of pause. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether that's loading. It probably is just to... There's to... probably a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, in a single-player game, why would you? Why should you be waiting doing nothing after exactly. you just died? Yeah. It's the multiplayer, like, resp- that is your punishment, really, for dying, is yeah. having to respawn. But I think it's interesting, because I think the amount of time... I don't really play multiplayer games anymore, because I'm terrible at them. <laughs> um, but... I think it's interesting because the amount of time you have to wait to respawn, I think, changes how people tend to play the game. Mm. So in something like, I think the like OG Counter-Strike, you had to wait. If you died, you're out for the entire round. Yeah. But like something like Call of Duty, it's four seconds and you're back or yeah. something like that. And it's almost assigning a, a value to your life in the game. <laughs> um, how long are you willing to wait? Yeah, exactly. So if you only have to wait four seconds after you've died to come back into the game, then you're going to throw away your life yeah. willy-nilly. Mm. Yeah. But when if it's something like... Um, Counter-Strike or something where you're you're out of the entire round if you die. Yeah. You're going to play much more... You're going to play entirely differently. Yeah. And I think it, it, it raises the stakes. Um, and I think that's something that I find really interesting and really intense about Dark Souls. Yeah. Is that your play style between the first life... Yeah. Life, um, in quotation marks, when you've got all your souls... And yeah. The second when you've lost them and you've got to go back... Yeah, that's the that's stakes them. are that level higher, and it yeah. entire, your playstyle is so much more cautious when you're going back to get your soul because there is so much to lose. Yeah, essentially, there's nothing to lose in the first. Yeah, like, uh, apart from time. Time, yeah. And if you've got like, if you've just spent all your souls, you can essentially you can just throw yourself yeah, into you can, whatever. Yeah, you know, there's it's there's a good no way to sort of scout out and yeah to gauge you know what is going to come around the corner and smack you around the face yeah we keep coming back to dark <laughs> souls it's a... uh i know it's not the be all end all but it is fascinating in in all of those all of those facets as mm. well because there is there is so much to it yeah we wanted to touch on the um the lego games as well oh yeah, oh, yeah. same concept that's it similar, is the same concept yeah. and i've been playing lego star wars a hell of a lot recently oh, nice fantastic. i know it's still really good <laughs> and honestly 25 year old man playing lego star wars it's fucking great i'm having a great time um the cool thing is that i've been playing it with my girlfriend so because we kind of share our like pooled currency mm-hmm. when one of us messes up it affects both of us yeah i know that's relationship ending stuff my yeah <laughs> No, you want to get that true Jedi in every level, don't you? Yeah, we so, absolutely do. Yeah. So like, one of us is like messing up. It's like, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. No, I genuinely don't know. It's still a great time, even if you like mess up a level, a hell of a lot. But it is interesting in that with Lego games, you there is no game over. No. Uh, you can die as many times, you can like fall off as many platforms as you want. Mm. You can lose all your studs. Mm. The game never mid-level fades to black and there's like game over. Yeah. There was never a game over state. You always just kind of go forward. And there are points in some of the levels where it, if you like die, uh, it will like send you back to like the previous screen. Mm-hmm. But that's... At that point, you've again, you've only lost... 
you haven't lost time, you've lost momentum, which I guess is like time as well. You just have to get back to that point, but that point wasn't very far in yeah. either. So it's just seconds at a time, but that's pretty interesting. Ah, the other thing I wanted to mention was a Flash game called You Only Live Once. Have either of you played it? No. No. Okay, so it's fascinating because as far as I... I can only guess at how it works, but it must track your IP address or something because it plays um, a very, very silly sort of startup where you play as a really nerdy guy and you have to save your girlfriend from like a lizard who has kidnapped her. Mm -hmm. And then it plays a sort of um, 2D adventure style platformer. Mm. Um, And you, to my knowledge, you have three lives. um, But as soon as you die, uh, that's it. You can't play it again. You can't reload it. So you can't like press it. If you press F5, you know, you reload, you refresh the page. It will play a new kind of sequence and be like, you know, local nerdy man passed away today. And then you refresh it and then it's like his girlfriend being like, I can't believe he's really gone. And then you refresh it again and there's like a picture of people at your grave. And then you refresh it again and then like grass grows on your grave. Mm. Like you can't play it again Mm. you can only play that game sort of once unless you log in on another computer or like open up an incognito window or something but that in terms of like being kind of to my knowledge the first game in which you can literally kind of only play it once yeah that's pretty fascinating i think you can beat it there's like a, a, a stream of someone playing it on youtube but i'm not sure how that should you know could or should be implemented Further on, I think that can only really be high concept sort of like yeah. artsy yeah. stuff on the internet. You know, yeah, exactly. If I bought like a sixty dollar AAA console game, <laughs> that you could only play home once. I died, and it just like you know, my PS4 ejected it like a shredder. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like I'd be pretty annoyed. <laughs> yeah, if you bought Red Dead Redemption Two and you're <laughs> yeah, two hours it. into it, sorry. Although I guess it didn't even have to shred it. It could do the concept like you said. Every time I loaded that game up, it was just John Marston's wife crying. Yeah, you know, like I, I'd be equally annoyed. <laughs> Look what you did to this family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your I, I, I think that's a fascinating concept. I think um, this is. I don't know if I'm right about this, but I'd see. Have any of you heard of? Is it? Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, the one about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that had a mechanic where if you died a certain amount of times, it deleted your save file. Really? Yeah, and I I think... Um, I've never played the game, but I remember hearing about it. But I think so many people complained about it; they actually reversed it. But the ori- Ooh, yeah, fucking but the, Twitter. Yeah, the original concept was that if you died, I think there was meant to be some sort of like disease or something that would each time you died, it would take over more. Yeah, of you. I, and then I, I haven't played it, but I read a lot about it. I really from, want to play. <laughs> from what I understand, it's like mental health. Yeah, it's like. I don't want to put a label to it, but it's almost like schizophrenia type mm. symptoms. Yeah, it's some it's something. Um, I don't yeah. know if the game itself puts a label to it either, but mm. you you it's supposed to be like a very auditory experience. They recommend playing with headphones. Yeah. Because as you're playing, she hears voices and so do you. Oh no way. Yeah, it's apparently pretty harrowing. Yeah, that it, sounds it's meant to be really good. But it, yeah, it, but it from what I understand, again, haven't played it. It handles it all very well. Okay. A lot yeah. Grace and you know tact because it's not like haha she's mental ah, <laughs> this is a gameplay mechanic the voices shout at you like, and apparently it's all you know quite somber and you know okay cool it was highly praised i think for it yeah it's off. a reflection on mental health yeah 
So that's pretty fascinating. Mm. Mm. There are a couple games in which you have to. I played one called uh, I'm Scared, and it's kind of like, it's a horror game. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's it was okay. It was it was another one of those. I think I'm not sure because I still haven't played it, but I think Undertale does a sort of similar thing where you play it until like you get to the end or you get to a certain point, and then the game like closes. And then you have to reload the game. And then, like, as you come back into it, stuff has changed. Mm. Um, mm. And in I'm Scared, it, like, it gets to a point where, like, there's a, you know, a creepy image of a girl on the screen and then it immediately closes out. And then you have to, like, load up... You have to, like, double-click back on the application and then it loads up again. And that's quite interesting as, as kind of, like... Um, I suppose it's not kind of a life system, but it's a kind of way in which you it forces you to stop playing. Yeah, mm. but it's a, it's a bit sort of it's not really like you said it's like a concept that it's more of like a fourth wall like meta yeah kind right. of than it is like a traditional gameplay mm. mechanic. It's interesting seeing what devs are doing with the concept of lives. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it, that's in, pretty fascinating. In the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. We've talked a bit about it. We've talked about the history of the life system. Yep. We've talked about how modern gaming has been tackling it. Uh, what do we think about the uh, initial question? Is it just an unnecessary hangover from early video games? Do you need a life system? What are our thoughts? In addition to life systems, uh, we should also, I think, touch upon health um, as, as systems mm, as mm. well. There's the kind of standard kind of heart system, the three life kind of... You die three times, you know, game over. Yeah. The Zelda style. Zelda yeah. style. Um, Zelda's quite an interesting one because you can extend that life meter as well mm. and you can get more hearts and you can extend, you know, how many hits you can take. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that Zelda's kind of kept with that and you're then, you're, you are rewarded for exploration with more health. Yeah. Um, and I think that's cool. I think that's a really cool, cool concept because it praises exploration. Mm. And I think that's, for an exploration game, mm. I think that works really well. And yeah. then you come across stuff that's kind of like uh, Half-Life 2, for example, where you have health as kind of numbers, and then you have you have your suit as well. Your suit also has... Yeah. So you've got like a shield, and then you've got your health. And the other thing about that is it has health packs as well, and like little machines where you can bring your health up or down. Mm. So you playing that game, you have to try and seek out these kind of ways in which to heal yourself. Uh, and in a game about like a kind of post-apocalyptic thing, that's pretty cool. I like that. And I kind of like health packs as sort of a a concept. I like collecting an item and seeing that health go up. Mm. I like that sort of stuff. And then that kind of moves us along to the kind of more modern way in which video games have been going is the sort of Halo style where you have a shield. Mm. Yeah, you guys know what I'm getting on about. You have a shield and then like that shield goes and then suddenly like there's visual indicators but there's no number indicators Mm. in which like the screen will go more and more red. More and more jam will appear on the screen. And then it was puts it. (laughs) Yeah. And then like the screen will get cracked and then all of a sudden you are then dead because Mm. you've taken too many bullets. You've absorbed too many hits or whatever. But if you crouch around a corner and wait for your shield to come back you're okay. Now, this is fascinating because it changes your gameplay. Mm. In a game like Halo or Call of Duty, where everything is kind of pushing for you to go forward, it rewards staying still. What do you guys think about that and those those kind of systems? I don't really like regenerating health. I don't like games. it, no. But I think it's because I don't tend to like the style of game that typically have regenerating health. Yeah. And I think that would bring me to the point that 
what kind of health or life system you have kind of depends on what kind of what you're trying to do yeah with the game yeah and the style of game it is something like halo or call of duty with regenerating health systems is going to be very fast-paced yeah and focusing on not necessarily exploring or just going forward down a sort of predetermined path that you don't want to have to in in like halo or or call of duty or whatever you don't want to be going back to find health packs or that's very true um but in something where you do have to find health packs, there's a bit more of an emphasis on exploration. exploration. You can find secrets. I prefer that sort of approach a bit more because it's a bit more methodical and you are rewarded for sort yeah. of going a bit off the beaten path. Absolutely. There are moments in Half-Life 2, for example, where you have to like solve a certain puzzle or mm-hmm. like, I mean, they were very proud of their physics engine in that. So if you, you, you put a certain and amount rightly of things... so. Yeah, it was, good it on was you, 2004. <laughs> yeah, it was 2004. Look but, at those bricks go. Um, <laughs> exactly. Jesus. If you put enough bricks on one side, you could then like walk up a plank. Oh, I, I know exactly uh, what bit you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> and the then bricks. you get up there you jump to that thing oh there's a health pack here's yeah. some bullets here's some ammo do you Good that on bit you. in the uh, boat bit where you've got to weigh down the drawbridge yeah. like yeah. a washing machine and yeah. bricks, <laughs> more, it's always bricks in Half-Life yeah. 2 yeah. but there was also a bit where you had to float part of a bridge Yes. And there were certain items that would float and then there were Some others that you'd that have didn't... to bring under the water and they'd float under. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, my, like, I wasn't very old, but I, my, my mind was like, whoa, okay, this is what can be done. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty... God, Half-Life 2. What a Fantastic game. game. What a game. <laughs> so yeah, are fail states a necessity in video gaming? Is that what we're talking about? It is now. Should we get just a gut one-word answer and then go into it, or...? Yeah, let's go for it. Josh, uh, fail yay state. or nay? Oh, you see, people always come at me with, like, yay or nay questions, and I always, in classic fashion, dodge them and then go into... <laughs> well, you're asking a lot there. There's a... Um, I recently watched the Simpsons episodes where... Um, uh, Daniel, I think it's one of your favourites, where Lisa and Bart go to military school. Oh, that oh. is one of my yeah. favourites. It's, re- it's a real good one. Uh, Lisa... There's like a giant pit of vines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Eliminator. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and uh, there's a point where Lisa gets really homesick. She calls her parents and they don't answer. So she calls Grandpa. And then it's like, Grandpa, are you okay? He's like, well, you're asking two questions there. <laughs> mm. And I feel like I'm grandpa in like most every one of these situations. Right. So are fail states a necessity in video gaming? I suppose so. How else are you going to know to stop? Uh, how else are you going to, you know, know okay. to... All right. Because otherwise you could... Okay. That was your one word answer. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I just stop from there? Yeah. Okay. Um, my gut reaction is no, they're not necessary. Not necessary? No. Okay. Daniel? My gut reaction is also no. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're outnumbered. Okay. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, I don't think uh, fail states are like the only way. You, you, sorry, back up. Was your argument you don't know when to stop? I have so, a very, very hold up, deep... picture okay. it. You, you're yeah. sat there playing a video game. Mm. If you didn't die at some point, you'd still be playing the first video game you ever played. You know, <laughs> you'd just still be there. You're like, God, how do I stop? God, I haven't died yet. God, this game just plays forever. You're there. You haven't eaten. You just die. All the credits roll and you just sit there with the controller in your hand to the main menu. Just, what do I do? Yeah. It's like the story of that uh, Japanese World War II soldier who was still fighting on the islands. They had to get his old commander come in and relieve him of duty. It would be like you. You'd still be there playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Until the developer walked in. They'd have to get the lead signage flying and say, Josh, it's okay, you can stop now. 
Like, what the hell are you talking about then? Well, you say fail state. You say it was a fail state. I don't see as an actual like state of failure as such. Um, okay. But what? <laughs> Are you thinking like end state? End states, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I would distinguish oh, the two. Yeah, okay. I would. Yeah. Because yeah. I think all games need an end state. Yeah, otherwise they'd just go on forever. Yeah, other- yeah otherwise they'd be an infinite loop. Right. Well, having think... said that, some games do go on in an yeah. infinite yeah. loop, yeah. don't they? Like, a lot of like big RPGs are big yeah. on these radiant quests. The quests that randomly generate, and mm. it's just like basically fetch quests of go here... For that four, for example, yeah, you get some radiant quest givers, and it's randomly generated, and it just picks a location, it fills it with enemies, and it tells you to like do something, flip a switch, yeah, and you get some loot. It like yeah. fills up prefabricated loot chest, and that's yeah. it. That's the quest, and it, those can go on forever. Yeah. I first noticed it in Skyrim with the Dark Brotherhood. Is the assassination contract can go on forever? Yeah. Okay. So. Point being, yeah, that you know, that a fail state is different from an end state. Mm. Yes. Okay. Cool. But yeah, games can be never ending. Was it something like I don't know, like The Sims? Yeah. That just ends when you want it to, really. Or like Sim City, maybe is a better example because you just fart about in it until. <laughs> well, your you're Sims, done. Sims can die, can't they? Yeah, they can. Yeah, and at that point, if your entire family dies, that is a fail state. Yeah. More of an end state because you don't fail. That's just an eventuality. It yeah. just, that just teaches you something about life, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's not, that's not a failure at that point, which is quite interesting. So if we do differentiate a fail state, say a game over screen, versus mm. an end state, which is traditionally credits roll, I suppose? Yeah. Sure. Then are fail states a necessity? No. Okay. So okay. Really <laughs> yeah. See you next week, guys. Uh, <laughs> tune in again. Next week, Josh will be wrong about something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to fail, but the game does have to end. And I, I think those are, those are two different things, and there's, that's something we should Okay, since consider. no one on this podcast currently is of the opinion that you do need a fail state, yeah. uh, I know a lot of people, especially angry people on the internet, are very vocal and of the opinion that you do need a fail state. Okay. So I will act beautifully <laughs> as devil's advocate. Okay. Say that you do. Just pretend you can cut that, can't you, Josh? Uh, You're good at editing. You can cut that bit where I said that, you know, the opposite was true. No. Okay, well, whatever. We'll just bleep it out then. Can you do that for me, Josh? Can you bleep it? No. All right, well, whatever. So I think their argument is that, like, they're going back to the core definition of what is a video game, I think, you know, you made a little face there. Um, I don't understand the. The argument of what is a core video game. I'm talking about the definition of a video game. What, like, uh, what, di- cool. what differentiates, a, say, an interactive experience... Mm. From a video game. Yeah. Are yeah. video games just things you can interact with? You know, it's like... And do you, also, do you want to differentiate a game between a video game? You know? Yeah. Things mm. like that. Because usually, when we try and define these things, we base them on previous definitions yeah, yeah. like okay. games so yeah. i want to define a video game how do i define it well we look back on previous experience how do we define a game yes. a game is a thing played between usually more than two people sometimes not there is a win state there is a fail state and i think that is where the argument comes from is oh, okay previously in sports for example yeah there is a, someone loses there's a winning there is team a losing state. team yeah, yeah. but 
I think more recently, especially in the last decade, there have been like offshoots and experiments previously. We've seen challenges to this idea. Oh, absolutely. Namely, Definitely. in what I initially talked about, the interactive experiences. Mm. And are they video games? Are interactive experiences video games? For example, the walking simulators. Yeah. You ever played Gone Home? Oh, yes. Yeah. You ever played Dear Esther? No. no. Oh, it's a similar one where you walk yeah. around an island and he talks about his dead wife or something. Yeah. I really enjoyed Gone Home. Gone Home was good. Mm. People got really, really angry about it. Do you remember? They bombarded it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying people. I'm talking about a very specific group <laughs> of... People. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People in inverted commas. Yeah. Gamergators. Yeah. Who just get angry about fucking all sorts of bullshit. They just yeah. like something to be angry about. That's yes. It. And this was one of them. I think pretty sure Gone Home, when it first came out of Steam, the reviews were absolutely bombarded by mm. people who were so angry that this game didn't have killing or yeah. high scores. Or explosion. Or... Yeah. Or... It's like people who um who like get really annoyed at Nintendo or something for putting in like easier modes oh, into, yeah. like, yeah. Mario games or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Because yeah. if you fail enough times at New Super Mario Brothers, it gives you an item which makes yeah, you the pretty pity, much... The pity item. Yeah, it gives you an item which makes you invincible forever throughout the entire thing. You just have to get to the very mm. end. Mm. Now, you can make that choice at that moment whether yeah. to receive that item or not. It just puts it there out of, like you say, out of pity. Yeah. But it's not out of pity. It's out of... Accessibility. Accessibility, I suppose. Mm. I don't like it because it makes me angry because I'm like, <laughs> why can't I get good? You know? I think that's why a lot of people complain about it because it hurts their ego. It when does. They, when it they does get hurt one. your ego. But I think it's. I think people who aren't necessarily good at games should be able to enjoy games. Absolutely. That, that there is are so very many games point. I'm awful at, but yeah. I enjoy playing. Yeah, mm. for sure. I think a lot of more recent games have been really good at fine tuning this. Previously, yeah. difficulty in games has been reduced to easy, normal, hard, mm. and you pick one. And the differences between those are very blurry. Yeah, you you're don't never know told. What's, doing, what, what's going on, you know? Yeah. And it got better sort of in 2010 when some RPG-heavy games uh, switched it from easy, normal to hard to including another difficulty, which is just narrative-focused. Mm. So uh, the combat yes. you can breeze through. And I feel like the third iteration of that, the one we're having now, is games in which you can fine-tune every aspect which would affect the difficulty. Mm. An example of this is, I don't know if you guys have played Dishonored, especially Dishonored 2. No. I've only played the first one. Ah, it's good in that you go into the difficulty settings and you can change everything about it. You can change how quickly the guards react how well you are seen in light and dark, you know, and how much damage you do, how much damage you take. Mm. All of these things can be fine-tuned specifically under the custom settings. And so say you're good, but you have problems with reaction time, mm. you know, and or you say, you know, you have uh, motor difficulties and you, your controls aren't really that quick. And you can fine-tune the difficulty of the game to respond to your specific needs, I think that's something amazing. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah, and definitely. more games should do it. And I just want to give a really quick shout out to, there's a really good video series called Game Makers Toolkit on YouTube. Okay. Done by a guy called Mark Brown. He's an episode on it. And it's called Difficulty in Video Games, uh, which okay. goes into the specifics of it. I'd recommend you check it out. Cool. That's pretty fascinating. Um, there are a couple of games which have, I've noticed, quite punishing difficulties as well. Mm. There's, I think Doom was one of the first to have it where uh, Doom's quite interesting actually because it's not easy, medium and hard it's like 
they don't use those words. Yeah. They use insulting words. Yeah. The, yeah, the one I remember is... Um, Punishing. Wolfenstein. Yeah, Wolfenstein is the easy difficulty is a, can I play daddy? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Which... <laughs> I am so happy. I have like a dot wav file of you saying the words "Can I play daddy?" Oh, that's blackmail material. Yes. Right there. Yeah. Oh, new ringtone. Yeah. Can we uh, change the intro music to just a remix of yes. that? Yes. Oh. Um, but what's even more amusing is I actually played Wolfenstein 3D uh, when I was like six years old, and that was oh. the difficulty that I played. Oh, oh that's Bless really you. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the newer Wolfenstein games, it's like, can I play daddy? Yeah, and uh, he, baby, he gets a dummy yeah. like, in his mouth. Baby yeah. is like normal. It's like toddler. Is, I can't remember the specific. It's mm. all quite funny. It's like hard. And then normal is like the hardest difficulty yeah. or something, <laughs> you know? There's also, I think, a holdover from the sort of early FPS games like Doom and stuff. And a lot of them will have a like super like nightmare difficulty or something. Yeah. But you can only do it once you've played the game once, I yes. think. Yes. Mm. That's interesting because you know, for those sort of masochists that want to yeah. sort of experience that and then play the game again even harder, then you know, that's quite a good thing. It's quite odd because it kind of forces you to prove that you're even worthy of playing on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. And I kind of don't like that non-accessibility. Yeah. But I under- understand why they do it. It's because it's non-accessibility in that you're not allowed to go straight into it and Mm. go straight to the hardest difficulty. But it also limits you because, say, if you had already beaten the game once, but you had to get a different Xbox, for example, Mm. and you've lost all your save data, but you want to play on the hardest difficulty, you can't go straight into that. Mm. But at the same time, it's not aimed at those people it's not going to let people who would have more fun playing on an easy difficulty play on the hardest difficulty. Yeah, it's not. Mm. It's, it's kind of to show that this mode is not for those people. Is there something to be said for the developer's vision of the game versus the player's own needs and abilities, you know? Take, I mean, there's for example, a lot to be said. We yeah, talk about definitely. it in pretty much every single episode, but Dark Souls. <laughs> would, is Dark Souls Dark Souls without the brutal crushing difficulty? Because mm. the whole game, not just the gameplay, but the narrative is set around you oh, yeah. living in this dying world and hashing out a bleak existence and mm. the difficulty and trying again and throwing yourself against that wall until you eventually succeed. And even when you do succeed, narratively it's pretty depressing because you're putting these titans out of their last few seconds on Earth, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all well, it's all built around that one vision. And if you could just flip a switch and, you know, like confetti comes easy. down and you get a big yeah. flaming sword and you can take them all at one hit. It would be sort of tonally very weird. Yeah. So I can see, I think there's like some developers who are totally on this adaptive difficulty stuff and those who say, no, this is the, how the game is. If you don't want to play it that way, then don't play it. And I can yeah. see the contradiction and the difficulties in it, you know? Yeah. And then there are also games which seemingly are supposed to be designed around that sort of thing in which they kind of, uh, with each passing level, it gets incrementally more and more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really interesting as well. And then there are games which do that sort of format, but because of the system of lives, it doesn't work out. And the main example uh, would be Sonic the Hedgehog. Because Sonic the Hedgehog has a really fascinating sort of system in which you you collect rings, Mm. and if you collect 100 rings, you get an extra life. And if you 
get hurt, you lose rings. But as long as you have one ring, at least one ring in your mm. collection, you're pretty much indestructible. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of a fascinating sort of system because as, as stuff gets incrementally harder as the levels progress, it sets things up so that you get hit more and more times rather than you get hit harder, yeah. for example. But a very weird and sort of flawed system and especially flawed in Sonic 06. Now, I won't go too much into Sonic 06, but there is one point where you can get trapped in a corner against Shadow... No, uh, Silver the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And they use their telekinesis powers to zap you into a corner. And if they zap you into a corner, you lose a ring. But as you're, like, dying, but, like, you know, that sort of, like, moment of invincibility where, like, you're blinking. Yeah. Mm. In that moment, you collect a ring, but you're not able to move. So if that happens... You're smashed into a corner, you're infinitely collecting a ring, and you're infinitely getting smashed into a corner and not able to move. That game then breaks. And there are multiple instances, like all over YouTube, of people playing this game. And because of that system of you only having one ring and pretty much being invincible, that game breaks. It's a very uh, special case, though, Sonic 06. Yeah, Sonic That's 06. true. It's a bit of a dog's dinner of a game, isn't it? You say game. <laughs> yeah. If we were to, if we, to go back to the original point of um, what makes a game, mm-hmm. games have to be playable. Mm. And I don't think Sonic 06 counts yeah. as a game because that game is not fucking playable. No. Sorry, I'll stop talking about... I could, talk, I could do an entire fucking episode on Sonic 06. Like I'm, let's. Let's. I would like to. That... I would like to to do one. Fuck me. Maybe another time. I think we're all pretty much agreed on fail states, aren't we? Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah. end, end states are kind of something I wanted to talk a little bit more mm. about. Oh, yeah. Um, because there are certain uh, ways in which games can end. I spoke, for example, about Tetris. Tetris is just one screen, and so as soon as that fills up, that ends. But there are some games where when a game ends, it doesn't necessarily end. We have what my girlfriend calls an endless day. Mm-hmm. in which you have uh, infinite time to kind of fuck around with the world kind of around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty fascinating because I think there, there are games such as like Fallout and Skyrim and a lot of uh, Zeldas where even after you beat the game, the whole world is kind of open to you. Mm-hmm. So is that game then over? Then what hap- what is that interim? What is that endless day? Yeah. That's sort of a purgatory at that point. It's very odd. Are those necessary in a game should a game fully end when the credits roll yeah that's interesting because in those games like fallout and things like that there will still be a sequence where the credits roll yeah but then you just after the credits roll you just chuck back into chuck back into world. it and there's more to do um with so pokemon it's it's sort of similar as well yeah but like more stuff unlocks and a whole bunch of other stuff can then happen there are multiple like end states to pokemon mm. Mm. Uh, are, is the life system uh, an unnecessary hangover from a, a bygone age? No, but people will always be like looking back on bygone ages anyway. There's an interesting kind of um, debate that we had in our music uh, seminars, which was that the uh, teenies, this like between 2010 to 2020, mm-hmm. uh, have kind of not been about every kind of decade previously has been about the decade previously whereas about this decade has been about all of the decades all at once do you not agree 
the, the teenies have been about every It's the era of nostalgia. Thing. It's the yeah, that's it. That's uh, a far more coherent way of putting. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. But it totally is. What were the um like main proponent arguments for this? Um, Did you talk about just video games? Or? No, it was about music. Oh, right. it, it was like pretty much solely on musicology, but oh, it right. kind of goes universally. We've seen fashion come back around, like everyone dresses like it's from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the resurgence of synth wave and synth punk and uh, electro wave and that sort of thing. Bands like the 1975 being huge, just banking off of 80s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno Mars banking off of 90s nostalgia. You ever heard Inverness? It just sounds like it is exactly from the 90s. Everyone listens, still listens to, like, S Club 7 and the Spice Girls are making a comeback now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Christ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> but it's, it's that sort of, like, uh, nostalgia that is just kind of constantly happening and has been constantly happening since 2010. That was the main point. Mm. That doesn't really go anywhere still. I can cut all of this. No, worry. let's not. You know what? Let's not. No. I, like... I, tell you, I tell you what the theme of 4 out of 10 is. It's living with our fucking mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. I feel like that's a good place to end it. You've just been, let's do it, and then just cut. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're going to leave that in too, because we've still got to plug our socials. We do need to plug our socials. 4 out of 10 has a lot of socials now. We've got... Um, our Instagram, at WoodBuyOnSale. We also have an uh, email address, which I haven't been plugging, uh, which is WoodBuyOnSale at gmail.com. We have a SoundCloud, which is where most of these are going to be hosted, which is SoundCloud.com forward slash WoodBuyOnSale. We have a Facebook, usual place. We have a Twitter, usual place. And we have a Twitch which is twitch.tv forward slash we'll buy and sale. Mm. Maybe we'll have streamed something by the time this comes up. I've got no idea. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I hope so, though. That would be fun. So, yeah. Uh, and you can find me and my music. I should plug my music. That's the other thing I've been, as I've been listening back, I should plug my it. music way more. Uh, you can listen to Josh Face out just by searching Josh Face on Spotify and stuff like that. You're smart. You know how to make music come out of your devices. I'd like to thank Rowan for joining us. He's not in oh. this... Yeah, you're not in this country for very long, but thank you for dedicating some of your time to mm-hmm. well, chat... it's been a pleasure. ...chat shit about video games and stuff. Oh, I enjoy that. So. And listen to me ramble on. Oh, and thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> You've really opened my eyes to uh, the... Non-linearity of time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, time is just a social construct. Oh, man. I mean, we could get into space-time, but I think that's a different... Let's not. Let's (laughs) not. Let's not.